Thank you for downloading the Kol Hadash podcast. This is episode 28, originally recorded live on September 28, 2011. Rabbi Shalom reads from the Torah as part of his Rosh Hashanah service and offers an interpretation regarding the nation of Israel today rather than the nation that authored the ancient text. Vatere Sarah et ben Hagar Hamitrit, Asher Yaldala Avraham Mitzachek, Vatomer la Avraham Garesh Haama Hazot, Vet Bina, Lo Yeresh ben Haama Hazot, Im Bni, Im Yitzchak, Vayeraha Davar Maod, Bene Avraham, Al Odot Beno, Vayomer Elohim El Avraham, Al Yeraba Enecha, Al Hanar, Vaal Amatecha, Kol Asher Tomar Alecha Sara, Shema Bakola, Ki Bayitzchak Yekare Lacha Zara, Begamet ben Haama, Legoi Asimenu, Ki Zarachahu, Vayashkem Avraham Baboker, Vayikach Lechem, Vechemat Maim, Vayiten El Hagar, Sam Al Shichma, Vet Hayeled, Vayishlacheha, Vetelech, Veteta, Bamidbar, Beersheva, Vayichlu Hamaim, Mina Chemat, Vahashlech, Et Hayeled, Tachet Echad, Hasichim, Vetelech, Veteshev, La, Mineged, Herchak, Kemitchave, Keshet, Ki Amra, Al Ere, Bamot Hayeled, Hateshev, Mineged, Vaisa, Et Kola, Vatevek. Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this maid and her son, for the son of this maid will not inherit with my son Isaac. The thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight on account of his son. God said to Abraham, Do not let it be grievous in your sight because of the boy and because of your maid. In all that Sarah says to you, listen to her voice. For your seed will be called from Isaac. We will also make a nation of the son of the maid, because he is your seed. Abraham rose up early in the morning, and took bread and a skin of water, and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, and gave her the child, and sent her away. She left, and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. The water in the bottle was spent, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs, She went and sat down opposite him, about a bowshot away, for she said, Do not let me see the death of the child. She sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. Some see conflicts between Arabs and Jews in familial terms, a continuing rivalry to claim the mantle of a shared father, Abraham or Ibrahim. Some see the conflict as a religious battle over revealed truth and divine promises, or an anti-colonial battle between the imperial West and the developing world, or a clash of civilizations between the civilized West and militant Islam, or an ethnic battle over contested territory, or a national blood vendetta, or a cataclysmic battle of cosmic forces that could bring the Messiah or the end of the world. No wonder everyone pays so much attention to what goes on between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. Possession and exile, inheritance and rights, emotion and rhetoric all feature strongly in these debates. 
We claim we want to live truth. So let me tell you five truths about Israel and the Palestinians. These may not be popular with one side or the other, but the alternative is like trying to build on the shifting sands of the desert instead of the hard rocks. The rocks are less forgiving, but more solid. The truth is that claiming a divine promise to own land is no basis for a modern nation state. So battling over who promised what to whom when, who was the rightful son of Abraham or Ibrahim, gets us nowhere. The truth is that Israel will never consent to a redivided Jerusalem as it was before 1967. The old city will never again be out of Israeli hands. They will never give up the Western Wall. Under Jordan from 1948 to 1967, the Jewish presence in old Jerusalem was destroyed. This will not happen again. Perhaps there is a face-saving formula where the Arab neighborhoods of East Jerusalem become Palestinian, so Palestine can also claim a capital called Al-Quds, Arabic for Jerusalem. But the no man's land behind the King David Hotel that is now a thriving artist colony will not go back to a no man's land. So saying absolutely return to the 67 borders is not realistic. Starting the conversation from 1967 to negotiate changes is something else. The truth is that Israel cannot have a Jewish state and democracy and all of the West Bank at the same time. Having the West Bank and democracy means Palestinians become Israeli citizens and change the cultural context of Israel. Having a Jewish state and the West Bank means denying citizenship to millions of subjects, not democracy. Having a Jewish state and democracy means enabling the West Bank to determine its own fate, compromising on borders, removing outposts to safeguard denser populations. If Israel objects to unilateral moves like going to the United Nations for national recognition without a peace deal, perhaps they should think about stopping unilaterally building on land that's up for negotiation. Now, will this resolve the conflict and end the violence? No, it will not. But neither will any other option, nor will the status quo. It is dangerous to make no choice when there is a less bad alternative in front of you. The truth is that any Palestinian right of return may be realized in financial compensations or in the new Palestine, but not in Israel. Israel is not going away. And the sooner we get past rhetoric into reality, the better. Those refugees and their descendants may get a homeland, but you can't go home again. The truth is that we are as far from resolving this conflict as we have been in the last 20 years. I like to be optimistic, because bad news doesn't need any extra power over me before it happens. But I see a very long tunnel and very little light. Hamas will not compromise because resistance to Israel, any Israel, in any borders, is a fundamentalist religious belief. We see the same attitude toward territorial compromise from the Jewish fundamentalist advocates for a greater Israel and their Christian fundamentalist allies there and here. The United Nations Security Council will debate, the UN General Assembly will vote, but nothing will actually change until both Israel and Palestine-to-be begin to accept and speak in realities. In the Bible, the line of Abraham goes through Isaac 
to Israel, the patriarch and ultimately the nation, and Ishmael is sent away. In the Quran, Abraham's favored son is Ishmael. But jealousy and suspicion is the universal glue in these stories. From the mythic past of Sarah's fears for Isaac's inheritance in our Torah passage to the tensions of our own day. But there may be hope, even from the mythic past. When Abraham dies, both Isaac and Ishmael come to bury him. If we can face the truth, if we can bury the past, leaving a marker to know where it is, but also knowing we must live today and tomorrow, then maybe we can live side by side, if not together. This podcast was recorded and produced by Ken Burke on behalf of Rabbi Shalom and Kol Hadash in conjunction with Repatriation Studios. I'm Ken Burke, and thank you for listening.